Welcome to HR in 15, a podcast dedicated to addressing the complexities of modern HR in just 15 minutes. Brought to you by Prestige PEO, simplifying HR. Hello and welcome to HR in 15, a podcast covering all things HR from Prestige PEO. I'm your host, Nancy Arado, Director of Marketing here at Prestige. Today, we are thrilled to welcome Claire Chandler to the show. Claire is a business advisor and founder of Talent Boost, a company that works with organizations like yours and ours and C-level executives to improve leadership and accelerate employee performance. After a storied career leading up to a role as VP of HR, Claire decided to dedicate her career leadership preparedness and business acceleration to all of us. We are super excited. In this episode, Claire sits down with us, you and I, to share her data and analysis on issues of leadership preparedness. Claire gathered her findings directly from conversations she's had with leaders in talent management executives about the challenges they face related to their particular roles. So through her conversations, Claire's found a common thread across many different organizations and she's here to share her work and observations with us. Claire, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so happy to have you. Thanks, Nancy. It's a pleasure to be here. I am thrilled to have you here with us today, Claire, and everyone is gonna really appreciate and enjoy our conversation. So let's get right to it. Um, Let's kick off with, can you tell us exactly, like what is leadership preparedness? Yeah, I suppose we should define that first, right? Before we really sort of dissect how to increase that. Um, Quite simply, it's the ability of a leader to step into a new role with eyes wide open, where they have a, a complete understanding of why they're in that role, what they need to accomplish through their team, who their key stakeholders are, and how to turn those stakeholders, whether they are external customers, internal employees, or even their own direct manager into advocates rather than detractors who can support and contribute to their success. Sometimes we think of it as the ramp to full productivity. So the the key to that preparedness is making that ramp as short and flat as possible. I can imagine, you know, sometimes um, we're all in these positions where it's like, how do I get there? I'm jumping in, I'm ready to go but I suddenly become, you know, overwhelmed with where to go next, right? How do I get started? So how did the idea for this case study come about? You know, what was your process in, in order to kind of put your put your arms around it? Yeah, you know, and, and it's so easy to your point for new leaders to step into a role, even if it's not their very first leadership role, but to get overwhelmed, right? It's It's the reason we hear that expression it's like drinking from a fire hose. Um, you know, I've I've been around leaders for long enough. I've been a leader myself for many, many years. And in the work that I do, I've come up with what I felt like was the the framework and sort of the 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 roadmap toward getting to that clarity and that full preparedness. Um, but you know, as consultants, we often work in a vacuum and sort of think in a in our own echo chamber. And so I wanted to kind of bulletproof my own thinking. And so earlier this year, I invited over 300 talent management and HR executives 
to have a conversation with me. And I also invited over 100 newly transitioned leaders to have a conversation. And I just wanted to get a feel for the experiences they had, both from the HR side, the challenges and the successes that they've had in identifying and deploying leaders. And then on the leadership side, what their experience was being selected for a role, being tapped, uh, and, and what level of preparation they had. And of course, what they would have done differently if they had it to do over. I think it would be so interesting to just hear from, you know, executives at different levels, as well as at different size companies, as well as within different industries and also get a feel for where their confidence lies and where they think there's the opportunity to do better and to do more. Um, but what's interesting is what you're gonna tell us in terms of what were the disconnects you know, um, with the leaders and the talent managers with the, with, that they were facing within their own organizations? Was there an overall theme? Were there many themes? What did you find out from your experience? Yeah, great question. You know, and the, the conversations were fascinating. I mean, they really, if I had only just focused on having conversations with the HR executives, that was so data rich in itself. But then when I layered on top of that, the conversations I had with, um, you know, the, the newly deployed and transitioned leaders, that's where all these disconnects really started to emerge. Um, and I'll, I'll get to, uh, there's sort of two overarching sources of disconnect um, that we'll talk about in our in our next episode. But I do want to talk about there were several disconnects that really came out of those conversations between those two groups. Um, you know, one thing that I thought was really interesting was of the new leaders that I talked to, 75% of them were incumbents. So they filled an existing position um, versus a you know a role that was newly created for them. Um, and what was interesting was they described their handover from the previous leader. So this is somebody who came from within the organization and replaced somebody who remained in the organization. And they described their handover from that previous position holder as either zero or a negative experience, which was fascinating to me, especially when you're talking about two colleagues who you know didn't, didn't have to separate, didn't have to go into different companies, had access to each other, and that handover was just non-existent. So that was really interesting to me. Uh, another disconnect I thought uh, was, was fascinating was these leaders who were internally promoted received little to no handover from HR either. And what I found as I sort of peeled back the layers on that theme was that there was sort of this general sense or assumption, at least from the leader's perspective, that well, you know, since I was already in the company, I guess they figured I knew where to go, who to ask, what to do. Um, and so they really were left to their own devices. They were left to navigate their new role and kind of invent things along the way. Um, and so when you really sort of process that, especially as, you know, internal promotions kind of being tossed into the deep end um, with that assumption or just, you know, flat out lack of structure, to really ensure that that handover was complete. Um, it's no surprise that the third finding that I had from these conversations was that it took an average of five and a half months for those new leaders to feel fully prepared and confident in their new role. And confidence, Nancy, was a word that you, you mentioned earlier. And I think that is 
so key and it is it is a core component of a leader feeling fully prepared not only that they have uh you know a, a sort of their arms around the role but they have the confidence in addition to that that competence um and then i would say that leads me to that fourth disconnect between hr's role and the new leader's role and sort of the gap that's been created between the two groups which is you know in that in that average of five and a half months that it took for leaders to get to full productivity, confidence. Um, what took the longest in all of that was feeling comfortable, and here's that word again, confident, in embracing the authority that they had in that new role and exercising the influence that came along with it. So there were really some fascinating findings from all those conversations. It's really interesting when you kind of start you know, at the very beginning, as you land in this new role for yourself, but maybe not a new role within the organization and all the expectations, you know, that someone feels right sitting in front of you um, and almost regaining the confidence that you used to have throughout your career and kind of pulling that back in and figuring out Kind of that whole where do I get started, right? Understanding the objectives and getting to know the team and kind of finding your way and um, knowing that you have the competence, but regaining that confidence in your new adventure, your new venture in your new role, whether it's at a new company, right? Or, you know, even in your existing company where you were talking about leaders who have moved into a role within the same organization. Um, so it's 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 really astounding to kind of, you know, see over and over um, the themes right across so many different organizations and industries. Um, and perhaps there's this gap that you were talking about where you almost have to kind of restart and um, kind of pull things back together in order to then um, move forward and feel that momentum and regain that confidence um, in your team and yourself and begin to really cut away at those objectives. So I find it fascinating. Um, what what were some of the key takeaways um, in addition to what you've mentioned from specific participants? Were there any that stood out among others in terms of being new? um versus maybe more tenured certain types of um you know just something that caught you uh, off guard even perhaps yeah so there were a couple of things i i think one of the things that really sort of um took me by surprise was you know and i come from a background of working in hr for several years so i know that hr can often be um it, it's often a thankless job right they don't get a lot of credit um, they deal with employees when they are at their most vulnerable, whether it's, you know, HR is who you bring in when there's a disciplinary conversation. HR is who you bring in if there's been a loss in a family and they need to better understand the benefits available to them. Um, and so HR sees leaders and individual contributors at very vulnerable points in their lives and in their careers. Um, and so it's sort of easy to criticize them, right? And, and often they get a bad rap. What I found interesting, one of the other takeaways from these conversations was that a lot of the leaders that I spoke to um, sort of cut HR some slack, you know, when, when they said, well, I, I didn't really get 
much handover, if any, from HR. I was an internal promotion. There wasn't really a structured onboarding process for me. Um, they sort of justified it for HR. I said, well, you know, what, what if they were more aware of how you're feeling and the things that you just told me? And almost without exception, these leaders said it wouldn't make a difference. And I said, why is that? And they said, because they are pulled in so many different directions and they have so many priorities and so many other things that they are responsible for, that even if they better understood what it is that we are saying we need as new leaders, they would not have the bandwidth to accommodate us. And I thought that was fascinating. Um, and, and so, you know, we, we've got the sort of assumptions, right? We all know the danger of assumptions, but to me, it would, be, it would be interesting for more HR folks to understand that that's where leaders are coming from. That they're saying, hey, you guys are not really supporting us once we get into this new role, but we understand that you just don't have the capacity to do it. Um, and, and for me, that sort of informed the bigger takeaway, right? Because some of these disconnects that I had mentioned earlier, um, it, they're, they're, they're not easy necessarily, but they're pretty simple fixes, right? In terms of making sure there's at least a handshake between the incumbent, um, you know, and, and their successor. Um, you know, if there's a formal onboarding process for external candidates, inviting the internal candidates to go through the same process. There are, there are a couple of things that, you know, they just need to make those connections a little bit more firmly. But here's the biggest takeaway that I had, and it comes back to this, um, you know, new leaders sort of averaging about five and a half months to get fully, you know, engaged in their role to the point where they feel both competent and confident. And every single interview with executives and with the new leaders bears this out. And it was my own experience back in my corporate days. Every single company that I know plans for a dip in financial performance every time they deploy a new leader. And what I mean by that is they automatically assume that momentum is going to be slowed for the first six months that a new leader is in a new role. And so they plan for that. They literally add it into their forecasting to say this team, this division, this business unit, this function has a new leader at the helm. And so we are going to forecast for underperformance for a full six months. And I don't think it's a coincidence that that's the same amount of time roughly it takes a new leader to feel comfortable and confident. How much more effective, more productive, more profitable would a company be if Instead of planning for the dip, they plan for the dominance. It's really, really interesting. I hadn't heard that myself in terms of planning for, for a dip in overall productivity um, or just growth and awareness. Really, really interesting. And to your point, imagine if they could have even status quo for the first five and a half months and not a dip. Um, to just kind of, you know, not be as overwhelmed and kind of get your feet wet with your team um, within a new organization um, and get your whereabouts and be able to put your plan together. So um, is there any guidance you'd have um, for HR um, in terms of what they could do that, you know, even if it was, um, you know, call it like some, like a light onboarding, right? Not a whole sophisticated program, but something they could do to shorten the time for some of the new leaders specifically 
for that five and a half month period? What what could they be offering these new leaders that we're seeing lack of? Yeah, I it's a, it's such an important question, and we're going to do a little bit of a deeper dive into some of those solutions or steps that that HR can take. Um, I know in our in our next episode, but. You know, I, I think, first of all, you're onto something in terms of onboarding light. I love that phrase um, because you're right, right? If it's an internal promotion, you're not going to have them go through all of the, uh, the, the paperwork necessarily. Um, but there are, there are so many existing assets and knowledge bases that companies, um, you know, put together and already have at the ready for external hires, especially at the higher levels of uh, leadership hires. Why not? have your existing, um, you know, your, your internal promotions go through that same introduction or refresh on what is the mission of the company? Um, you know, what, what do we value? What are we all about? What's our strategic plan? And I think the biggest opportunity, which is not really uh, a heavy lift, is to make sure that every single leader that you deploy into a new role fully understands what that role is in existence to accomplish? What is its purpose? What is its why? What is the mission of that individual role and the team or the business line that that person is, is being put in to lead? Uh, to, to me, in the conversations that I had with both leaders and talent executives bore this out as well, um, that is one of, the, one of the biggest missed opportunities for HR organizations is just to assume that because I hand them a job description the leader will understand what it is that they need to get done both immediately and over the long term. If they can ensure that clarity of mission right out of the gate, you are already going to be well on your way to flattening that ramp from six months to say 90 days. I would absolutely agree with that. I think, you know, just some level of um, clarity and an, even an overall mission, maybe even not that particular to that exact role because it's evolving, maybe it's a new role, but it gives them a basis, right, to get started and to, to have that confidence boost to be on their way and shorten that, that period there um, of preparedness. Absolutely. So this is all amazing information. Um, I find it so interesting. Um, as a thought leader and a change agent and someone who's always trying to kind of push the envelope and just think of new ways to, you know, kind of take charge and support the teams and even within our own organization. So we, we love talking with you, Claire. I want to thank uh, spe a special thank you to our listeners for joining us today as well. Please be sure to tune in um, next time as we absolutely will dive deeper um, with Claire into why so many leaders fail potentially and what organizations can do to address the disconnect and increase the probability of success. To learn more about Claire and schedule your free 15-minute introductory call, you can visit www.discoverywithclaire.com. And you can also check out more episodes of HR and 15 on your favorite podcast app, or visit us at hrn15.com. Until next time. For questions or more information on today's topic, visit prestigepeo.com.